We've been excited about the idea that the number of uh, immigrants and new Americans are boosting and adding, uh, you know, culture, adding uh, so much more to our community. But they have to work. And so uh, we're talking about the businesses that they're starting and also uh, how they're entered. In this half hour, we're going to talk about how many of them are entering the workforce through the employment uh, efforts of Mosaico, which is a function of the Multicultural uh, Resource Center downtown. So we want to uh, welcome uh, Serge Nikovic. He's the director of operations and um, – Finar Gazala, he is the office coordinator. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome. All right. Welcome. So, so, so we'd love to kind of get a little bit of your origin stories. You know, what were you, what country did you come from, and how? When did you come to the U.S. and come to Erie, um, Serge? Yeah, I, yeah. I originally came from Bosnia Herzegovina, Bosnia. and I okay. came in '96. So I've been here for 23 years. Wow. Okay. Wow. And did, have you been in Erie all those uh, years? Yes, all these years I've been in Erie. Even thinking I'm going to move real quick after a few years. Uh, but uh, here it's very good, especially when you start a family and stuff. So yeah. it's a great place to settle and get your career going and everything. So. What's, the, what's the weather difference between Bosnia and here? Uh, depends where in Bosnia you live. Same like here, but like I'm from Sarajevo, which is capital mm-hmm. of Bosnia, Herzegovina. It's very similar. Like here, uh, four different um part of year so and that's where they were able to hold the winter olympics so there yes. must be some really good mountains around there. that's correct it's, it, it's pretty close to to uh sarajevo uh probably around 20 miles yeah all around sarajevo so but it's, uh, super super good hills for down for alpine and all yes that. you're correct that was great experience and get people involved at uh, winter sports and yeah. get to know Ward actually got to know Bosnia, Herzegovina, and Sarajevo. And you stuff. must have been a pretty young kid when that when the Olympics. I were was. There. I was only like ten year old or yeah. so. So yeah. Thanks yeah. for aging me now. <laughs> well, I'm, try, I'm trying to remember how old I was. What, do you remember what year that was? Sarajevo? Eighty-four. Eighty-four. Okay. Yes. So I w- I had just graduated from uh, college. So all right. So we're a little bit a little older than <laughs> you. Uh, uh, Fanar, uh, what what uh, what is your co- country of origin? When did you get to Erie? Uh, originally, I am from Iraq. Okay. And I arrived on 2008. Oh wow! So I have been here almost 11 years. Beautiful. Awesome. And and uh, si- similar question: Did you did you grow up uh, uh, in near the water in the hills? Well, uh, originally I am from Baghdad. It is the capital. Big city, yeah. It is the capital of Iraq, and mm-hmm. it is in the middle of Iraq. Sure. It was dry weather. It's not like similar like here in yeah. Erie. It's big difference in the weather situation. But I like it here in Erie. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, the family, we like the cold weather more than the hot weather. Okay. Yeah. And, and again, the, the whole idea of you got to Erie and you didn't leave. like Because exactly. my understanding is that, that many immigrants, this is just kind of a way station, right? You know, Maybe get some skills and, and, and then move on. Maybe there's family somewhere else in the country. But not right. so much for you guys. No. Uh, for most of the families, I think most of the people when they come and if they're from big cities and they come settle in Erie, it's a little shock in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a smaller city yeah. and all that. And then they get to meet the community, uh, honestly, and it's a very welcoming community for new Americans and immigrants. And when you get kind of know the people and know the city, you kind of start changing your mind. It's like, maybe I can kind of settle here and all that. And especially when you start a family, it's a great family city. Yeah. Most of the people, it's very welcoming. So I would say it's like 90% of people I know 
kind of stayed and settled here and they just decided to travel for vacation and visit family sure. instead of just move. All right, so for the both of you, did you have similar jobs in like human resources back in your home countries or is this a new skill that you've you've learned since being in town? Well, it's new skill for me. Uh, I was a college student. I was actually in a business for a uh, study in business and then okay. kind of when I came here started using my skills first as a interpreter then social worker and did all kind of different jobs to find something you you like and finish some schooling here and then uh, find a calling in a mix employment social work accounting stuff like that so it's it's a kind of what I wanted to do but it's also kind of what you know life throw on you and sure. you can adjust to it so how about you for now? For me, uh, it's also, it's like a similar job that mm -hmm. I'm taking. I have my accounting degree. So when okay. I came here, thank you for MCRC that they give me the opportunity to work in my same major. So I work as an accountant and, some, uh, and then I start working as an office coordinator with them. So it as a social work, it is something I like it. I love it. And mm -hmm. it's very fun for me. Yeah, it is. It is that unique mix. Uh, you know, if we were talking about uh, going down to manpower or any of the other, you know, career concepts or whatever, that social work piece is not as strong as what you guys need to have uh, in, in, in acclimating new Americans to jobs here in the States. Talk. Let's talk about this concept that I when I did my last show that at MCRC and also with the um, International Institute. Nikan from the mayor's office was explaining to me how there are many professionals that come to the states, but they're because because of the language issue, they're not able to continue. Like she wasn't able to continue on to be a lawyer and a judge here in the states. Do you encounter that a lot, where you have these people with strong professional backgrounds, yet here they it's like totally starting over. Yes, it's actually, that's correct. It's like uh, most of us start from the bottom. Um, you come and it's like they said, that's great if you were in college there, but that degree is really doesn't count here till you get some uh, classes and stuff like that. And most of people start in plastic shops. You have engineers and doctors who work actually in plastic shops because they need the money and to uh, you know support the family and stuff. Uh, then they slowly you know get involved with um, English classes to when the language get better, then they try they learn the process, they go to school, take a courses. So it's a longevity and all this time ninety percent of our new Americans working is not just like people think it's like they sit home and get a support from the government and all that. It doesn't work that way. It's like they work to support a family and they have a school on the side. So okay. when you have ten, fifteen Years later, they got a degree and they got a better job. It's like, oh, how you got that job? It's like, well, they did multiple jobs and a schooling in the same time. So it's like we, the overnight success that takes fifteen years. Yes, right? pretty much. <laughs> it's like, and some people, you know, still some people we know they came as a doctors and stuff. They mm -hmm. still didn't pass the boards, even they finish all the schooling and stuff. It's just so hard to get it. They go through the same process what all Americans go through, and uh, but. They believe in better life, and that's why most of people settle here because they have a chance compared to in their country. The chance was taken away, yeah. and they were choosing to come over here for their family. So, young generation actually starting like everybody else, like all Americans go through school and all that. It's no shortcuts. 
Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a second, though, of how, how quickly the, the generations change. Uh, we're talking to our friends from Mosaico Employment. This is part of the MCRC, the Multicultural Resource Center. If you want to ask a question, 679-1080 is our phone number, 679-1080. All right, so let's talk about the workflow because, because again, what you do, you have strong relationships with many of the manufacturers and some of the service providers here in Erie County, right? Yes. And pretty much categorically, they're saying they need workers. Period. That's correct. Yes. Okay. So, so uh, they, you know, if you're able to, uh, if you're able to bring workers that have at least some ability to communicate, maybe maybe their English is tough, but they're still able to receive instructions and learn. Um, what you said, the plastic shops. What are some of the other jobs that you're finding work really well with uh, your clientele? Uh, we had we had some landscaping jobs. We'd had some office work. Uh, we had all the way up to some uh, uh, office work in Erie Insurance. We okay. worked with them in the past. We have some telemarketing, um, uh, shipping, and receiving. shipping and receiving, and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, we have the cleaning jobs also. Okay. Yeah. We have cleaning jobs uh, also. We all are dealing. Uh, like when we talk about uh, sanitizing also yeah. and cutting uh, all these jobs that we have them available. And it's a lot of people also work with uh, casino. Oh, so right. Like this is, stuff, right. And you in uh, MCRC, you can get training on how to be a table dealer. That's right? correct. That, that was the part of our program, help people get a training and stuff and go so they can work in a casino. And it's much better job and pay job. So. Uh, uh, Finar, I wanted to ask you because you're the you're the accountant. Yes. Um, you know, accounting numbers are the same whether you say them in English, French, uh, or oh, Arabic, right? I exactly. mean, exactly. It is the same. And, and so, um, is that something where you know a bookkeeping job, if they're able to understand, you know, some of the commands, is that is that an, uh, an opening, you know, to work on QuickBooks? Well, uh, the basic. The basic account, everything, it's similar yeah. in Iraq as here in U.S. Mm -hmm. The difference is the system, like how to use the QuickBook in the computer. Okay. So, the But there is QuickBooks in, in Iraq, right? We yeah. have it in Iraq, but it is like a smaller QuickBook. And okay. We, yeah, it's not like a in computer system. Got we, it, got yeah. it. So and then if you get into really fancy stuff like SAP or any of the other business software, that could be dicey, I would think. Exactly. So when okay. when we when I start here, I start I I learned the QuickBook how that work, and thank you for each uh, every person who taught me that yeah, right system. And then from there, I got everything and I start using it. But it is something. It is a very easy software, and uh, it is very success software that we can work with it. And, and all those accounting principles all transfer too, right? I mean, yes. accrual versus cash, and accounts receivable, accounts payable, all that stuff? Everything, everything, yeah. everything. Yeah. Account payable, account receivable, and uh, reconciliation for the banking, yeah, every, yeah. all these. They are everything similar between both countries, but here it's more technology and easier when you use it as a software through the computer. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. makes yeah. sense. So, yeah. so, so there are some some gr some great professional or you know uh, you know 
you know, white collar jobs, I should yeah. say, yeah. that that are, are able to be transferred pretty quickly. Uh, so talk about um, talk about you know, we talked about the jobs. Talk about the the clients, your your the folks that reach out to you. Does nearly everybody start out in Mosaico, or if if you're kind of a new uh, new a new arrival here in Erie? No, that's a not um, Mosaico actually the. As a multicultural community researcher, we, we, we discussed this through the years, and in 2005, we decided to open Mosaico Employment mm-hmm. Services, which is for-profit agency compared to our as non-profit. And it's an, a, a, able to generate a few yes. re- some revenue, So right? it's a couple reasons. One, because all the changes in the funding and stuff, so we needed a fee for service, so to continue, because um, all the profits from Mosaico Employment going back to MCRC, so we can do you know, ESL classes, we can do some trainings, we can help actually clientele, which with the funds we don't get it, we help them with this. That was one reason. Another reason is to fairly tra- uh, treat all new Americans. When they came, we worked with other uh, employment agency without naming names and all that. And they have their policy they follow, and that came before actually what the employee deserved. Yeah, okay. So when we open an agency, one we wanted a fair agency for employees and employer because company usually they want to hire if it's a good employer they want to hire them soon as possible. Sure. For us was goal for a person to get a job soon as possible and employer to get a good employee soon as possible. So we don't have that crazy policy. You have to work for us thousand hours and all this, or okay. uh, and then I move you from job to job so I keep you. We were able to have a good relations with old employers through the years and said, all right, if you're going to give them a fair chance because English language or something and MCRC would support with languages to make sure people get a fair chance, Mm -hmm. if you really like someone, we're going to let you hire them 90 days, 60 days, whatever. It's a benefit both. Yeah. So, and we find out and a lot of new Americans would come to us, we also would recommend if you didn't have any jobs openings or anything, we'd said, all right, this is other agency directly in town, please go and search, you need a job. So we would actually take them as MCRC, not Mosaico, to other jobs. So it's not like everybody would start from Mosaico. Right. And we not we work not only with new Americans, we work with everyone, with right. Americans and all that. So whoever come and look for a job, we're going to help them find a job. Yeah, and, and the, I mean, so yeah, so it's a resource for the entire community. That's the correct. the um, uh, you know, what do they need? Are you finding that many of the brand new immigrants need a bit more schooling before they could even step out into the workforce here? I I would agree with that. And, okay. Uh, what we encourage, because most of these new Americans, if they came, depends on the situation, family. They need the income to support a family. Sure. So we kind of walk them through to, all right, we find your job, but we don't want you to quit the schooling and go okay. ESL. So I said, go in second shift maybe for work or go in class first shift or go first shift and come in evening classes because they need to improve their English. That's going to help mm-hmm. them down the road mm-hmm. to improve everything. So they learn real quick. Um, then we can help them with that and we help them with transportation. So all the new stuff, what they might not get it somewhere else, we're willing to go that extra step and get them in the right direction. It's not just about that one job. It's about what you're going to do in the next five to ten years. Okay, so we've been talking a lot about the folks that are just coming right off of the boat, if you will, right off, you know, direct immigrants. 
Now, the next generation, though, the teenagers, is a whole different story, isn't it? Yeah, that's They're correct. Americanized very quickly, aren't they? You are correct. They are. It's a huge difference between the parents and yeah. next generation. And they same like Americans. They yeah. have their new stuff. They don't want to work in shops. They don't want to do some jobs. Uh, the parents would do it. So we have to find them different jobs, like maybe like helping on a facilities, cleaning or teaching and tutoring some other kids or uh, helping with I mean, their English is almost immediately picked up, isn't it? that's it. Their their English, it's on another level. They're great with English, but now it's a work ethics and stuff. You have to work on that. And and that's what that's when we had our conversation with the, the head of the MCRC, you know, she was saying that that does provide some family tension sometimes because the the child is more proficient in the language and and ends ends up getting into these uh, uh, conversations, you know, above their pay grade, if you will, you know, like where, you know, where the, you know, where they have to have the respect for the for the elders, even though they maybe their English is better, you know, right. And we we also teaching uh, parents how to handle that. That's new for them. It's a new situation Then they depend on a child to tell them what to do because they speak English. So they understand they can always come back to us with the children or not. And we recommend not to use the kids as interpreters okay. and to translate because that, like you said, they ruin a little bit family relations and stuff. So they're learning the parents can get the help somewhere really to help, uh, to know what's going on. So now they're a little bit more adjusting to it. It's like they're not in control. And, and that's why it's really helpful that you have social uh, social work backgrounds, backgrounds to really help with the entire, the holistic approach the to employment. Exactly. Um, according to the mayor, we're up to about 20% of the city is made of uh, recent immigrants and new Americans, and and so they're finding employment and they're building businesses. And we're gonna just kind of cover this conversation back and forth and learn a lot here. We're with Serge Nikovic. He is the director of operations, and Finar uh, Gazala. He's the office coordinator uh, for Mosaical Employment. And so um, again, you know, for 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 a lot of the jobs that that the the employment agency uh, does. Their, their entry level and maybe a little bit beyond that. But sometimes uh, these folks get the skill set and then they kind of move on building building uh, careers or maybe even starting their own businesses. Uh, I mean, you, you've seen that, right? Yeah, I've seen that a lot lately. And uh, it's just, it's good people come back to us and remember who find them a first job, who <laughs> right. help them, and who actually, we, we guide them through getting on small businesses, some other opportunities we would show them that when they can get educated, when they get it alone, we, we would help them with that. And they would start their own businesses. We actually have a lot of people who work with Mosaic in the past. Now they have trucking company, they have uh, auto mechanic stores, they have their roofing companies, they have like uh, all kind of different restaurants and mm-hmm. uh, stores. And I mean, it's just a good to see people succeeding and opening their own businesses and moving and staying in the community, actually helping a city who helped them in the beginning. Well, and, and that's really the huge point of this is the idea that the, the, new, the new eyes that new Americans bring to Erie see all this opportunity where many folks that have been living here all their lives don't see the opportunity or, or having to be kind of pushed along, right, of the right. opportunity. No, you're absolutely correct. It's like we are not afraid to take a chance and go for it 
because we can see it, what we can do for us. If I, a friend of mine already opened a business, and I see how hard it was in the beginning for him, but I see where he is now, and I'm like, all right, so I have to work extra hard to get to this level. I'm going for it. It's like some Americans do it also, and it's very successful. Someone's just saying, well, I don't know if I want to take that risk. So like we all, we in one hand, we same, and other hand, we different. It's like depends. So, Are you able, are you seeing that... Um there, some of the younger folks are starting to take up some of these apprenticeships that are available in the construction trades or anything like that. Uh, you seeing any of that yet? Uh, most of our younger folks are actually going to the college first, okay. and they're trying to get some of this, uh, getting education and getting some different jobs. So the younger folks trying to move out of city, yeah. to they're thinking it's a b- bigger pay in bigger cities till they go in and go realize. Go to Pittsburgh, go to Cleveland. Right, yeah. and they go. Someone is succeeding, but someone come back. And then take over yeah. businesses from their parents. Okay. So it's same like with Americans. They Absolutely. think it's going to be greener or grass is greener <laughs> on another side. And right. then they come back. But we see a new generation really uh, going towards education and stuff and trying to educate themselves and get a better jobs. Well, with our last minute here, if I'm an employer and I would like to at least connect with you guys as far as, you know, workforce, again, the thing that we keep hearing from employers is I can't find enough workers. I can't find enough workers. How do we get a hold of you and, you know, uh, how to how to connect? Uh, they can uh, reach us on a phone number. It's 814-464-0970. Or they can check our uh, Mosaico website. Uh, most of employers know that. We also educate most of employers in a difference in a legally, uh, legal documents what people have and stuff what they should use and stuff like that. So they're all welcome even just to call for a question, even if they don't need the work, if they need some help with that. And again, what we learned with the, with when we were dealing with refugees and immigrants and things is that there's different uh, statuses right uh from the ins that that would allow them to work or not if they're brand new if you you know the green card is the basic but there's other statuses as well that you correct yes we're continuing our conversation about uh you know how we benefit as a community from the diversity and cultural assets that immigrants and refugees and new americans bring to our community And many of them have started new businesses. They're entrepreneurs, and we want to learn about their stories. And so we want to welcome to the microphone um, Dung Chai Pitsavan. Close. No. Dung Chai Pitsavan. Okay. And she is the owner of Cow Thai. Yes. Uh, and that's currently on uh, on North Park Row there. 36 North Park Row. And da- uh, Darren Masri, she is the owner of Casablanca Hookah Lounge. Welcome, Darren. Thank you. So welcome to both of you ladies. And uh, we want to kind of get your stories. Um, uh, Dong Chai, share your, uh, you know, how you got to Erie. Um, you know, where'd you grow up and, and how did you get, when did you come? I was born in Laos. Laos is um, is a country in Southeast Asia. It's between um, Thailand and Vietnam. And then after the Vietnam War, um, then we f- uh, fled Laos. We escaped due to the war. And then we went to stay in a refugee camp in Thailand. Wow. Uh, I left Laos in 1979. That's during the the war, of course. It was after the U.S. pulled out. Yes, after know. the U.S. pull of the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. I um, swam across the river 
from uh, Laos to Thailand. But um, but I was not the only one who had to do that due to the, uh, I mean, the security, the, I mean, we had no choice. It's called striving for your life. Wow. So I swam across the river middle of the night from Laos to Thailand. Were you young? Were you a teenager? I was in my early 20s. Okay. I was 22 years old at the time. Wow. Wow. And then when we got to Thailand and then we ended up in refugee camp, and then uh, a year later, uh, the Jewish temple on 10th and Liberty uh, sponsored my family here. Wow. And I have been here since. That's incredible. So from, this, from uh, what, 1980, 81? Huh? 1980, um, I came to wow. America, and then I'm st- I came to EVP, and I'm still yeah. here. Right, right. Darren, how about you? Uh, you're from Syria, right? I'm from Syria. My parents actually immigrated in 1990. Okay. And uh, my father opened up um, a restaurant called Alibaba's. Oh, yeah. On, in the Village West. I don't know if mm-hmm. you remember I that. I do remember that, yeah. Yeah. And Were they involved in food service back in Syria? No. Actually, my father was... Uh, an attorney general back home. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And my mother worked for the health department. Wow. So. Mm, well, you knew you had a very clean restaurant, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, what, what was happening in Syria that uh, caused you to immigrate, or was it just a, your family's choice at that time? Um, actually, my father. We're used to taking vacations every summer almost, mm-hmm. and um, we came on vacation. Okay. And my father and his nephew at that time decided to open up a business together. Okay. And it's been the longest vacation ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, Actually, and of course, and so uh, so you kind of got the the restaurant bug and started your when did you start uh, um actually no my father sold his business in 2002 and we all relocated moved down south to tennessee and um erie's my home yeah yeah (laughs) that's what i know that's where i grew up Mm -hmm. um couldn't live down south yeah so moved up in 2007 and started the Casablanca Grill on West 8th Street in the city okay. of Erie. Sure. Yeah. Uh, brought my family back uh, from Tennessee, and they didn't like it either. <laughs> um, my dad went to an extreme. He was uh, an owner of a restaurant, and suddenly he's a car dealer. That's interesting. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So when I moved back to Erie, um, I was supposed to go back to school. And I had that time, and I'm like, I'm going to open up a restaurant, you know. And I did the restaurant business. We bought the building, developed it. It was in the city of Erie. Um, 2011, decided to do the hookah lounge downtown Mm -hmm. and uh, opened there. 2013, decided to do the Casablanca Cafe next door, the Sandwich Express, and uh, we've always been fond of Erie. Yeah. And my biggest objective always been is to grow with Erie. Right, you know? right. I mean, we were, 
were the first people to introduce Mediterranean food in Erie. Mm-hmm. I remember people weren't familiar with hummus or any of this. A little bit after that, we start finding it in the stores. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, and now is, you still have the grill out on six. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. the grill and on the two store on, on eighth. I'm sorry, yes. and and the two in the two shops the downtown. Shop downtown. Wow. Um, I was always loved the downtown. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be part of it. Um, the cafe is actually where I invested all my effort and everything mm-hmm. to develop it. And we've always had interest in developing Erie. Right. It wasn't something just popped over our head, mm-hmm. you know, it was, um, 1990, right. <laughs> you know, you move to a country, you don't know anyone and you start a, you know, you have your family. It's not just by yourself. And my father wasn't a youngster, you know, guy. Right. right. So it was very challenging. Sure. It took a lot of years to become where we're at today too. Sure. I mean, it wasn't peachy, you know? No, no. Um, I mean, you're, you're trying to develop a, uh, a clientele, you you were obviously pretty young when you when you first moved here. Mm-hmm. Do you remember um, how, what that was like, as far as uh, you know, what, whether you know, as far as far as the language issues and you know, getting used to uh, a, a town like Erie, which is different than I'm sure where you Absolutely. were in Syria and so on. Um, the culture shock was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't very easy. I had to be there for my family, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, I integrated very well in schools and everything. And being at a young age, you absorb the language a lot more. You, you learn pretty quickly. Exactly. Yeah. How about you, um, Dung Chai? You were in your 20s, right? I mean, uh, you know, how was that that culture shock going to Erie? Yes, uh, um, same situation when we f- first came to America. Uh, I did not speak one word of English. No. I did not even know the word hello. Mm. I did, uh, I mean, in my situation, uh, to me, it's like devastated because not just the culture shocked. I did not know anything. I, I was, when I first saw the Americans, to me, uh, they look so big and tall. I go, oh my goodness, what? Yeah. What did I get myself into? And the first six months here in Erie was very, very, very hard for us because yeah. the language. I was scared to even step outside. I, I wouldn't think that we had the resources back then. It was you know, very as far difficult. as for, yes, for immigrants. It was, yes, like we it did was very difficult to even get, uh, uh, we didn't know where to go we, to get a bag of rice. We didn't know where to go to get it. Uh, when we, when my family came, it was in April. It was kind of cool, yeah. cool, cool a little bit, and that was the most difficult part for me because in my country, the temperature every day is a hundred and something degrees oh every day, goodness. and I mean the coolest temperature there is eighty something, and mm-hmm. that's cold to them. Mm-hmm. I mean to us. And when we came, it was like, am I going to be able to live here in this country? Uh, it's too cold. I don't have any rice to eat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, what, how am I gonna? How did I eat? Um, we had a, like I said, we had a sponsor. Right. Uh, the Jewish Temple sponsor my family here, and I. They did 
buy food, but they didn't know what kind of food to to I mean to 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 give us or to buy for us. So they bought re- t- normal, typical food. And when we looked at the food, bread, I'm like, uh, we we don't eat this. <laughs> we don't eat, <laughs> we don't eat I'm thinking we don't eat this. Mm-hmm. And it took us for like a couple of weeks to get all uh, to even have the the rice on the plate yeah. because we. We tr- we we ha- we communicate by dictionary at the time. Is that we had right? a dictionary with us? We brought that from from um, a refugee camp from Thailand. So we had to open a dictionary that would rise and explain to them. And think about this: forty years later, if you if, if you're in the same exact boat, you would probably use an app and say yes, something yes. and then have it speak back yes. to the person, right? That's right. We didn't have a, uh, I mean, the translated <laughs> app before. Oh, no. We didn't, like I said, dictionary was my, my survival. That, That's was it. Was it that big? It was pretty big. It was pretty big. I brought it for, with us. That, that was my survival kit because wow. every time I want something, I open it, point to it. Oh, my. And that's how I survived. So you went from walking around with that with that uh, dictionary, dictionary to you know finally you know you, you were starting to get acclimated into some kind of schooling to learn English. How did how did that go? Where where did you go to learn that? Uh, we all at the time all the the immigrants and the refugees. Uh, we there's a couple places that you could you could go learn English. Um, International Institute. That's where we went. Yeah, that's where, where we went, and um, it took me about three months to learn the, wo- the word "mop" <laughs> and "map." Map and mop. Oh, I used wow. to get so confused. The mop and the map. I would have. They show the picture. You know, bring out the picture. I would have said mop, and they know it's not his map. Well, let me uh, let me ask you just 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 to enlighten me a little bit. Um, you're the person that was teaching you. Uh, was was it was it a Laotian or, or no, was it? It was American. She was American. But like, so she knew several of the dialects of or the or the actual languages of, uh, of Laotians and did Vietnamese. Not, no, or? she didn't. Um, she did not know Laotian or no. Vietnamese. She just it's like a she was just again teaching yes, English. Just teaching English, just like make it or you know. Yeah. So this is how you say it, and this is what it is. It. Here's a picture of a we mop. Were, we were like in our preschool. Every wow. day, drill the same thing, mop and map. Every day. For wow. the, the first three months, I I was, again. And you were this 20-something, yes, very I empowered woman, right? I mean, That's right. And then I had small children at the time, too. My, I had twin boys with me at the time. They were wow. just uh, a, a little over a year. Mm-hmm. And it was pregnant with another set of twins at the time. <laughs> it was so. It was. It was very, very difficult. D- difficult. And I, I remember crying. I want to go back home because I said I'm not gonna. I can't live here. I, I, I can't. The language is too hard. It's too cold, and I don't. Have, there's not enough Asian, Laotian food for me, uh, to eat. But then you know, like the the immigrants, you know, keep growing and growing, and then. We learned there's, you know, grocery store in different city like uh, Buffalo, Cleveland, so that we have to travel to out of city to go get the food that we eat. And you were you were looking for true Laotian food, yes, right? Yes. So you found it in Buffalo? Uh, Cleveland at first. Cleveland, yeah. Yes. 
Wow. Because at wow. the time in Erie, there was no Asian food store, none. Yeah. Again, we're talking about early 80s. It, yes. Yeah. Yes. We, there was not. Yes. What was, the, what was the first international market? Uh the one on 26 and Peach, it's called yeah. Oriental Oriental Store or something yeah. like that. It was owned by Korean. A few years later, after yeah. we came, I, we, I remember they opened um, that shop. It and and they were able to, you were able to find some um, things there? Not everything, but but uh, enough to get by. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And how about you for, for, for in Middle Eastern? Was there any kind of uh, place to... No, we had to travel for the restaurant, too, because yeah, well, we couldn't get our inventories. You wanted our, to get the authentic stuff So we that had you to serve. travel to either Michigan or Cleveland. Wow. Just yeah. just to get your just supplies. Just to get our supplies for the restaurant. Till this day, I still do that. Interesting. At the, at the grill. Okay. I mean, we do have a bigger you know, community now, but mm-hmm. it's not enough for businesses. Yeah. Wow. So for my business, I have to travel at least like once a month to Detroit. But of course, I use local vendors too. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, jumping jumping ahead to your businesses now, you know, what is the supply chain? I mean, like, uh, it, you know, are there regional distributor distributors that will cater to your product lines, your um, your menu items? Not all of them. Not not all of them. For Kao Thai, Venus is Koti. Yeah, right. For the and meat then, and um, stuff. Yeah, for the meat and and, and then the produce mm-hmm. and all, all dry food like noodles and rice and sauces come from Cleveland. They now they deliver once a month well, or nice. as needed. Um, and that's coming from a, a, a big warehouse that yes, specializes in, yes, in, in, Thai in Cleveland. Food. Okay. Yes. And how about you? For again, you're the you're same. driving to Michigan. Yeah, I usually drive to get all my inventory because I want to see what I'm getting. You know, right, and, right. And uh, how about for local produce and stuff? You're you're local okay that produce, way. Yes, I use um, a lot of our vendors around mm-hmm. here. Cool. Uh, local farms, I use. So um, that that farm to table thing going on. That's yeah. cool. A so, lot of our um, produce, some of it I get from Northeast. Because they do have like the eggplant that we usually use, and you know certain spices, and that we dry up ourselves. Okay. Yeah. Wow, oh, that makes yeah. Wow, yeah. that makes sense. Talk talk a little bit about that initial uh, idea again. You, you're uh, uh, Darren. Your your dad was a an attorney. Mm-hmm. You know, what made him think? Food, you know, going into the restaurant business when he came here. Um, I mean, that's pretty risky or gutsy is the is word. because we had to bring our money from Syria. We didn't, we couldn't apply for loans. And actually, this is how my father got, um, and this is how my father got uh, to be in the U.S., that he invested money. Okay. So it was a working, like, after we decided we stay here, my father had to hire an attorney and they had to get a working visa, mm-hmm. and he took up uh, a partner with him. And like it was a, his like nephew. A, a U.S. partner? Or, or? Uh, it was his nephew. Okay, sure. Um, at that time, he was manager at one of the chain restaurants and supposedly had the experience and everything. It makes sense. And uh, they partnered up for about four or five months, and then Dad said, okay. <laughs> I, I think I can handle it. 
Uh, yeah, something like <laughs> that. Something we'll like keep that. that. We'll, we'll keep, keep it, it at that. that. We'll keep yeah. it at that, right? So, it, and, and it became a family affair because you got involved and your and your mom got um, involved too, or no? Of course. Yeah, it was a family business for later sure. on, you know, to survive, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was still a brand new thing to get people to experience it because people are aren't familiar with stuff that they don't want to experience. What, what was? What do you remember as being like the first? Uh, dish that really popped like and I'm, I'm running out of, I got it like a minute but like what was the thing that was became the instant eerie favorite at Alibaba back in the day again oh. you're introducing all this new food but I think it was the Mediterranean like the Mediterranean platter where it's like, so like a mixture of things yeah oh, okay yeah and, so yeah and and we're, Thai food is kind of famous around here now but it wasn't always famous was it uh, not in a small city like 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 here in Erie. Um, uh, well, when when we first came, there was no Thai restaurants. Not at all. It, they just started maybe okay. F- um, we just took the, over the business five five years ago. Right, right. It had and been now in there's existence. there's a couple others. Yeah. In in Erie. So again, we are we are we are benefiting from uh, the efforts of new Americans who are bringing culture, bringing diversity, bringing uh, you know new tastes to bear here uh, in our city. New Americans have chosen to begin businesses here in Erie, and we're we're learning the stories of uh, uh, the folks from Cal Thai and Casablanca Hookah Lounge. And, and Darren, let's talk about um, you uh, coming back to town. And mm-hmm. and was was starting a, a new restaurant top of mind, or did, were you going to go get a gig, a job anywhere? What um, were you going to do? Actually, I was going to go back to school. Okay. And um, I signed up at Penn State, and then I had that free time till the school starts, and it dawned up on me that why don't I open up a business? It doesn't yeah. dawn on every young person, believe me. <laughs> that like, you're a special, you're a special person, you know, for that to dawn on them. It did, and <laughs> I went to my cousin and I said, "I'm opening up a restaurant," and she was like, "Good luck." Yeah, like, right. All right, and I started looking for properties, and I kind of tricked my parents into it, you know, saying like. Uh, I'm just going back to school to Erie, and actually, it was a vacation. Oh, I tried another parents. vacation. Another thing. vacation. Yeah. Wow! Because they were like, we're very tight, and mm-hmm. uh, we always just stick together. Sure. You know? and especially, but, but the, everybody was miserable in Tennessee. Kind of. Yeah. Wow. It's our hometown, Erie. Yeah, we missed Erie. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was. Um, my mom loves Erie, loves people, you know, loves the customers. Mm. She has a lot of customers that are friends. They come in just to stop in during the day and have coffee with her and, you know, and she missed her life. So we all ended up moving back. And, and so you started the Casablanca Grill. I started the Casablanca Grill, and I. Said, did you rent a facility? Were you able to buy the building? How, how did you How did you jump in? Did you? Um, I wasn't fond of renting. Okay. So um, I worked very hard to figure out a ways that we can purchase the building. And that's the one on Eighth Street. And that's the one on Eighth. It yeah. was Aromas Cafe. Yes, yeah. it was Aromas. That's exactly. right. Exactly. So after I made my deal on it and it went through, I said, 
the hell am I thinking? <laughs> what am I going to do with this? Wow. You know? Mm-hmm. And then little bit by little bit, um, I turned it into a restaurant because if you remember, it was just a cafe at one yeah. level. Right. And came with a, came up with the idea, all right, well, what I could do now um, to have more seating, work on the upstairs and have it more like a traditional Arabic seating, you know, you dine on the floor with low tables. And then we have the outdoor seating. So it worked out well. I mean, I had no clue what I'm doing. How how did the Erie people respond to that kind of, um, I mean, are Erie people pretty flexible that way? A lot of people were very happy we came back, actually. Cool. Uh, Believe it or not, I had customers that would say, we had this owner that used to own a restaurant before, and the food is so similar. And I'm like, well, that's her. It's mom. <laughs> it's your mom. Wow. <laughs> You're wow. not far-fetched. It's mom. So it, it yeah. caught on right away. So it the, did. So the school idea kind of went away quickly, didn't it? Uh, mm. I mean, because you, you got all consumed by the restaurant. It did. Wow. And then I tried. And how long Actually, ago was that? Back. That was in end of 2007. Okay. Beginning of 2008. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So with the renovation and everything, uh, it took me. I purchased a building in May. July was my Fourth of July was my grand opening. Wow! And I didn't realize it was Fourth of July. So weekend. eleven eleven <laughs> years ago last week. Wow! Yeah. Eleven years ago. Yeah. And then uh, and then eventually, as, as that grew, you said, "Let's go downtown." Let's go downtown, and that's when. Um, actually, I've always had my license for the hookah lounge. And I figured, Erie... What does that mean? You're talking about, is there, is there something different for... When you say a license, what is there like something my, about it? Yeah, like you have to get the indoor act, you know, for clean environment and oh. get your licensing to operate so for the actual lounge. the actual yes. hookah lounge has special licensing. That, yes, absolutely. For, for the... Uh, for the uh, yes. What do we call it? The for hookah. The hookah. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, growing up in Erie, I always realized that when you were in the age of 18 to 21, we always had nothing to do. Mm. Nothing. You know what I mean? And, you know, I'm like, well, you know, I opened up, uh, I got actually my licensing and everything, and I couldn't find a spot. Till at that time, a friend of mine was like, accent on a bait. Is moving, oh. so it took me three years to actually find the right spot for the business mm-hmm. because I had my licensing done and everything in 2000, I think 2010. Gotcha. Um, and that's when I'm like, all right, let's do it. And so, you started with the hookah lounge first, and then you mm-hmm. added yes. the uh, cafe. The cafe, and, and is that more of a coffee drink? Uh, what do you do at the... Just a hookah hangout place. Hookah hangout place. Exactly. The, okay. It provides, I always felt it provided Erie the environment of non-alcohol establishment. Okay. Got it. Uh, it gives people who are 18 and up the chance to have a place to socialize. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would be surprised how many people I have that they've met other people and they became friends and mm. they communicate you know what i mean together till this day and uh we don't have anything like that in Erie, a social unless if you're going to a bar and you know there i have it in a way styled that everybody sits with everybody 
Sure. So because the, of the, the under twenty one clubs are like they they usually are totally different than what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. It gives them a chance to socialize, meet other people, like everybody's so friendly to each other, mm-hmm. like I'll get a group of people and um I would have like two more spot, let's say, at a one of the tables and I'll say, Oh, we got some more friends, they're coming in and you know, they'll be hanging out with you guys. I hope you don't mind and they would be like, No, we love it. And they get, you know, to meet each other and become friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's something we lack in Erie for the new, you know, adult. Right, right. The, the up and coming, you know, exactly. post post high school. Exactly. Uh, Dwang Chai, uh, talk about that, that era from, you know, bringing your kids over. You know, you were the mom, you know, but were you also in business as you were raising those those. You two oh, sets no. of twins? Okay. <laughs> no. Um, uh, we we know nothing about uh, uh, owning the restaurant business. In It's just uh, five. Were you and in a, business at all? No. Okay. No. Uh, five and a half years ago, because my son works for Erie Insurance. Okay. And one day he walked in um, the, the cow tie. Um, before it was owned by people we know, yeah. uh, friends, and you know. Uh, so anyway, one day my son walked in because he he loves the f- he loves the food. He always goes to lunch in there, and then one day he walked in, and then the owner of the cow tie said, "This is the um, previous owner said, hey, 'Hey, I'm going back home. You wanna take over cow tie?'" When and he says home, is he talking about? Overseas? Yes, or? yes. Okay. I'm going home in Thailand. And my son right away calls us, Hey, mom, uh, 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 let, let, let's take over Khao Thai. I'm like, Khao Thai restaurant? <laughs> so, so the idea how, of a restaurant yes. was not on no, your brain? No, we, we had no clue. We had no... Uh, we had no plan. We had no plan about, I mean, to... And, and let me ask you again, this is going to sound like a dumb question, but is Thai food very similar to Laotian food? Yes, it's very okay. similar right. to, to, to Laotian food. So you as have, matter of fact, you on are the, making on the, menu, the yes, food at yes, home. Yes, and then on the menu, too, and then we have two, two I mean, a couple of dishes that's, you know, like Laotian food. Gotcha. And the reason my son... Um, Nicole asked and said, hey, because he knows that we love to cook. We okay. love to cook. I mean, sure. we cook all the time. Uh, every every weekend when we get together, we cook. We cook mm-hmm. all the time. We mm-hmm. cook. And then he says, oh, why not? You guys cook. Mom, you cook. You know, my sister cook. My brother, my sister-in-law cook. And that's how he, he see the potential of us making it. Yeah, he, he put the dots together yes. saying, my my mom loves to cook. Yes. There's this opportunity. Let's, yes, let's 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 share your your you know your passion. Let's share everything. Yeah. Your recipe. Why not, mom? You can do it. I'm like, are you sure we can do it? He said. Now, were you making the smothered noodles all along, or is this something that you had to learn? Uh, is am I even saying it right, Janie? Or drunken drunken, drunken noodles. noodles. Oh, sorry. Um, See how we, bad I am. It's terrible. We. I mean, we was that one of your favorites, or is something you had to learn to make? Just the, just the, the sauces a little bit, but we were already we already cooked the noodles, the rice yeah, yeah. noodles. We already yeah. make dishes uh, way before we took over the rice. The noodles is just that's what we eat at home. All right, I'm not. I'm going to stop interrupting you. So okay, so you so your 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 son tells you, okay, this is an opportunity. What'd you do next? I said, 
you are your mind. <laughs> I said to him, you must be out of your mind. I said, we, we can't. We, we don't know anything about restaurants. But he says, who needs to know when you know how to cook? And, that's, and then here we are. And then we talk, a family talk, and they, and of course, you know, we talked to the previous owner. They said, yes, we we wanted to go back home. I guess their f- mom and dad were not feeling well in Thailand. They said, we want to sell a restaurant. And then he said, okay, cold feet. All right, yeah. we'll do it. And that was at the current location, right? Yes, it's at 36 Park North Park Road. Okay. And... Um, all right, so let's let's keep moving forward here. Uh, you you uh, both have you both been working in the same space then in the last five years or yes okay yes. all right so um, tell tell me about how's it how's it been going how's the how's the clientele been over the last five years we you know we hear some things like you know that you know during Roar you had to close down you know and stuff like that but as far as day in and day out summer winter spring good business. Not bad. I mean, every business has its up down. Sure. You know, we're not any exception. Absolutely. Yeah, for um, us, it's been, uh, I mean, very, we just started to uh, get established, you know, and. You get your regulars, and yes, then regular, people find it, right? Yes. Um, v- we find it, th- it's very successful. Um, yeah. What was the hardest thing? From going not being business people to being business people, what was the what was the hardest thing to really get your arms around? For Khao Thai, for us, um, not not knowing if we are going to have any um, custom customers supporters, and then I said I, I know we know how to cook, but what if we don't have customers? That that was our fear. That was our fear. How did, how did you know how to even have inventory? Like, how did you know, you know, how much meat to buy that day? I mean, when you don't like, or is that something that? Well, we had um, we had a, a cousin who owned a restaurant. Okay, and so she uh, was with us for a week, and um, she lives in Virginia. And she said she came one week. She said, "Either you guys, a, a sink or swim. This is it." One week That's she cool. gave us. Um, she came and told us everything, and then we had. Uh, video taping her conversation. We had a tablet. We have a notebook. Everything she says, write everything down. One week she was here. She she flew here and she gave us all her. I mean, thanks to her, you know, recipe, her advice, everything. How to marinate this? How to do that? How to soak? To, to a cook large at scale, yes, right? yes, at I mean, a scale. I mean, we cook at home, but how do we cook? How do we make? Uh, 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 50 pounds of noodles Gosh. to stay fresh, you know. Yeah. She, like I said, we either we sing or swim. She, we, we had to learn. Yeah. How about you? I mean, you grew up in a business family, so it came really quick for you, huh, Darren? It did. Yeah, yeah you kind of knew how to navigate it. Exactly. And what helped that was my cousin that worked for... These cousins are amazing, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what he got started, Yeah. you know. And uh, but you always you always has the feeling there's always that you're gonna over prep. There's always that you're gonna prep less. You know it's not yeah always on spot. But then after a year or two, like I've been doing this for nine years. You know, I get it. You start to get a feeling mm-hmm. to a point where it's like even my loaf breads. Like when I'm holding it, I can tell. If it's like been used already or it's brand new, 
Oh, when so. you're out dining somewhere. No, like when yeah. I'm at the restaurant. Yeah, like, let's yeah. say I get, you know, the pita bread sure, sure, bag, sure. you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm holding it. And it's like, oh, wait, this is too light. We must have used this already. You know what I mean? Like we pulled like, like out you're, of like, it. Yeah, like you're feeling tomatoes or whatever. Exactly. You, know? you, you, you know, just so you get a, a you, second natural. Yeah, you get a you get a vibe. Repetition. This is, this is your passion, and so you get to know these things. But you're both now located on that North Park Row uh, uh, building that is owned by the EDDC, the Downtown Development Corporation, and you both received uh, notices of non renewal of your leases. Um, back in March. And so talk about uh, your reaction when you got the non-renewal. Did you know that was coming? Um, you know, it had, to be, it had to be a little bit of a shock, I'm sure. What do you think? Um, we didn't know it was coming, Okay, you know, to be honest with you, uh, for two reasons. When you have a group coming to an area and saying that we're developing and we want to bring more businesses, more diversity. Um, that was the last thing we worried about because we're there. You are the diversity. <sighs> you know what I mean? We offer what you're starting to develop that we developed many years ago mm-hmm. when, no one, when no, no one had interest in going in these areas. But right. we took it up on ourselves to invest our own money and our own time. So when we found out that we weren't being part of the EDDC group and plan, it kind of devastated us. You know, it's our hometown. We worked very hard. We moved out of Erie, came back to Erie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And not being part of developing the community, it really hurt us. Yeah. it didn't just boil down to the business, but it's how it went at it. You know, we were never against developing Erie. Right. If anyone can say that, it wouldn't be us. Mm-hmm. Because we have proven, we have records. I have, she has records ever since she bought her business, ever since she moved here. She had the choice to move somewhere else. I have my records that... We had the Alibabas in 1990, when no one ever heard of Erie. Do you know what I mean? So it's very devastating for us. And again, what hurt us the most, that we were not a plan, like we were not part of their plan. Mm. Which, yeah. When when we, we, when um, in October, sometimes in October when the EDDC the, the management um, group, they came and dropped the package for us to sign. and, and we, you know, That's course, right after they yes. bought it from Tippy, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And then um, we look at it, and then I said, oh, this is too much for me, so because we dropped it to the attorney, and then we uh, realized that, that EDDC took over because he said he wanted us to sign. I said, this is a lot of paper. I can't sign one in... in they drop it off on Wednesday. They want me to um, done it by Friday morning before 11. I said, I can't do this. So long story short about that. And then our attorney called and said, oh, it's just a EDDC letter saying uh, they want us to know that we they are taking over the building. I, and then I said, oh, so they bought the building? 
that's when we found out, you know, is that they, and then he said, okay. And then I ran into the director of uh, EDDC, the CEO. Um, so I asked him, I said, now that EDDC took over um, this building, what's going to happen to us? Because he used to eat in our restaurant, him and his family used to eat in our restaurant quite, quite often. And he said, don't worry, um, you're not going anywhere. We love your food. Um, we want you here. And we were like happy. We said, like, oh, so we are included in the plan? He said, absolutely. We're not, we want you here. That was in the end the second time. And we were not sure the family, you know, not the Kaltai is owned by the whole whole family. My gotcha. sister, brothers, yeah. and my son. And not everyone get a chance to talk. You know, when they heard about it, they said, hey, ask him again. Ask him again. What's going on? So I asked him two times. And then he said, he assured me that we're not going anywhere. This is like around November. Um, this no, we, we want you here. And then March, we got a letter that they're, that they're not going to renew our lease. And then we're like, what happened? The family asked me, what did you say to him? What did you say to him? I said, I asked him. And he said, you, got, you guys are not going anywhere. So that was, uh, we were shocked. We were mm -hmm. devastated. Now what? We just, like I said, that fifth year, we just started to get comfortable. I quit my job to, to do this. My sister quit her job. And every, I mean, my brother uh, took early retirement to yeah. to help, you know, because it's a family, yeah. a, a business. And now we have to relocate. So, uh, yeah, I've got two minutes. I want to know where you guys are at right now. Our, uh, uh What's happening with Kaltai? Are you finding we, a new place? Or? We Kaltai is going to relocate, okay. but um, the new relocation has been working on. Um, we are not hundred percent sure to 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 let everyone know yet because um, there, it's 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 been working on. Yeah, you're you're, sure. you're trying yes. to get you're trying to get yes. another location. Yes, and we are going but to relocate. Are, are you hoping to be downtown? No, we. Um, we have looked. We have um, we a couple times we went together. He, Joe Sham, uh, Chandler, yeah, the mayor, the yeah. mayor and his staff try to help us mm -hmm. um, for uh, the new location in downtown. Finding, fighting, fighting. Excuse me. Try to help us finding the new location, yeah. but the loca the the location that they had they took us to look. It, it it's it's out of our budget. Okay. And or it's not. It does not fit our need. It, it's not the, the place that they took us to see. It's it's not um, restaurant ready. Gotcha. It's um, I know. So it take it takes a major yes, updating yes. for that. Um, How about for hookah uh, for Casablanca? Are you no, finding no. anything? No. Nope. Wow. No. That's tough. It is because what am I going to do now? Close my business? Yeah. You know, and you. Do you have any room on, on on A Street to expand or? No. Not really. Not really. I, I wish I could go further. I, I'm down to my last 20 seconds. Yeah. We can, can but we, we want to make sure yeah. that we you understand something. Yes, please. Um, all the help that's being talked about that we're getting from the EDDC. It, it's not there. It's not. Okay. Because if it is, I would love to know where it is, Mr. John. Okay. You know but, what I mean? And, and here's, the, here's the other part of that is uh, is trying to understand that it's not just, it, John is the personification of it, Absolutely. but it's all of these organizations that are behind Absolutely. it. 
that, that, that we're dealing with here, the board members, right? Yeah. 1080 is our phone number, 679-1080. And I've asked the ladies from uh, uh, Casablanca Hookah Lounge, Darren and Dong Chai uh, from Cao uh, uh, Tai, uh, to st- hang, hang over because we didn't finish our conversation about their current state uh, as they are both owners of um, – of restaurants that are in the North Park Row building that uh, that is uh, owned by the EDDC, and uh, they both received non-renewal notices of their leases, and so now they're kind of deal- dealing pretty much with one of the biggest challenges, other than opening the restaurant, of what to do to relocate the, each restaurant. Right? I mean, is that an accurate thing to say? Yes. Yeah. yes. Okay. So so. Uh, where are we where are we at? Uh, uh, you y'all were saying that trying to find a location near your current location is nearly impossible. It's for us for Kautai, uh It is we have the city did help us um, look for a um, a new place around downtown area. We have looked in a few places, but um, none of the places that they took us to look at it was not. It's not a restaurant ready. It, it does not fit our need. It's um, it's just an empty space. It's like a storefront, and um, and, and there's you know a couple of places is way out of our um budget. We uh, so, so for the uninitiated, when you say restaurant ready, what does that mean? It, there's no kitchen. There's no kitchen. There's only like a, a empty empty space. And so building out a kitchen, people need to understand what that entails. Yes. It's it's not that we can't just... It's not pick, like you're just moving move, your equipment. Yeah, it's like moving your house, moving your bed in, and that's it. You know, <laughs> No, <bed>. it's... it's <laughs> Or, you know, your refrigerator in your right. kitchen. It's It doesn't work like that. I mean, you, we need actual kitchen. Um, oh, and there's built-ins like your hood and your fire hood. fire yeah. suppression equipment. Yeah, everything, and everything. The, uh, the big fan. Yeah, the big... Uh, the, the vents and right. yes so it is the places that we looked at down in downtown um, the it does not have that um, r- ready it does not have all the kitchen ready Darren are you experiencing the same thing for Casablanca then or? Um, a little bit different okay. what I'm experiencing um, I have the square footage issue and you have a lot of square footage right now or what, I have explain that about I'm looking for about 12,000 to be able, I mean, not 12,000. 1,200. 12, no, 2,000. 2,000, okay. <laughs> Sorry. No problem, yeah. But what I've been looking at. But that's still at, like, pretty the big, right? That they're giving me to look at, like, I have a, I have a realtor as well that mm-hmm. I'm working with. Uh, we've seen several. And again, it's either they're so big or so little. Okay. And uh, which... I'm experiencing a problem, another problem with that I have to reinvest. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm looking, everything that I'm looking at, it's a shell. So even if they will give me what I need to divide up, you know. Because um, you would I do it the same start. way, right? You would do the cafe and the hookah lounge, exactly. right? Exactly. Okay. So even if I do that, I'm gonna have to invest big money. All right. So, are are, are you getting any uh, understanding, or has anybody kind of offered, you know, because we hear about these grants and we hear about these, you know, uh, you know, th- this investment stuff that's out there. Is any of that 
I mean, is there such a thing that's been offered to you? Uh, it, yeah, maybe I don't know what I'm talking not, about. Not, not for the, the Kaotai, no. no. Um, the, the city was going, where well, they said that if we stay in downtown, they were, they were willing to give us a small... Like a loan or something? A, small, or? a loan and small grant. Okay. Um, that was it. But if we are going to relocate out of city, the, the city of Erie, then um, they will not help us. Right. And like I said, as, as far as um, moving the EDDC has not, they have not get in touch with us. They have not, I, we have not heard a word from them. Mm. And don't get us wrong, we do highly appreciate what the city yes. has done for us. But as well, we feel the city is not the one who's responsible to reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Even if we were, we expected to have someone representing the EDDC when we were at the mayor office, considering it's a private organization, right. not a city. Do you see where I'm coming sure, from? Sure, sure. So that was the least mm-hmm. that we would have asked for. Right. Or if he was being wanting, if they wanted to be fair, at least say, okay, you know what? We're going to let you guys do this year, next year, starting next year. We're not renewing. That gives us a year. I mean, it took me two and a half years to find a right location for my hookah lounge. <laughs> two, two and a half years. Yeah. I was paying my licensing. I was paying everything every year. It was just a matter of finding the right spot. You know? So, um, so, so does that mean we what close? Do you, you know, <laughs> we what close do you, what do you see? What do you see happening October 31st? Um, we have to get out. We were told we have to get out because um, we we called them before, prior to all of this. That can we stay until the end of the year? We had called the um, the management of the uh, the EDDC management. We called them and and um, we 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 asked to stay until the end of the year. The answer was no, because there's only two more months left, right. November and December. And they said no, and, and and we asked again. Okay, can we stay month to, month to month after you know, and until you're ready to start your whatever renovation or your plan, your project? And the answer was no. And there we are. That's why October thirty first, we have to get out. And my father asked as well when he was dropping off um, the check for them. Um, or rent and he asked the same exact thing at the agency that they're holding you know the property management and they told him they'll talk well my father actually asked if I can have who's responsible for that building and the next day they called him back and said yeah they got him a number and guess what no whose number it was the city hall (laughs) even though he requested to talk to someone who is in charge in the EDEC. Right. So are we being treated fairly? I leave that to you to decide. <laughs> it, it's, 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 you know, I mean, again, you think about everything that you've done, you know, all of the effort, yes. you know. I put my, my heart, my soul, my mm-hmm. energy in this. And now, it's like my dream has has been shattered. My 
American dreams is destroy I mean shattered that's the word I guess I I'm like now what I, I just want again here here's what comes to my mind there's so many different people that come here to talk on these microphones right mm-hmm. and they're talking about things that could be good ideas you know I mean we you know uh, this startup or that startup or this this gambling money is available for this kind of uh, investment and I'm thinking about two uh, two people who have already made investments, already have business plans, already have going concerns. It, that you know, that's a technical term for you know somebody that's running a good business is a going concern, right? Why aren't people you know busting over each other to help you make a smooth transition? I mean, I get, I get the idea for what it could be, you know, those, you know, what those buildings could be. But why would you guys have to be left in the dust? That's what I don't understand. Mm, we can't we, understand. Yeah, either. we don't either. I mean, does that does that make sense to you? We don't. I mean, either. I mean, if there if there's a way to facilitate a smooth transition, somebody should be knocking on your door saying, you know, help me help you navigate exactly this transition. And that's all we asked for. To be part, to be in, involved in their plans. Yeah. You know, you're taking every time you get a business moving in. Not necessary. Even if I'm serving the same food, not necessary. It's going to be a success. Right. All right. Um. So you're actually taking a higher risk by bringing another business in that you don't know the outcome versus a business that's been there established yeah. Do you see what I'm- I, I, yeah and and I guess I was and- I guess I was I mean this might sound like naive but I was hoping that that biz, your businesses or and businesses like yours would be the new businesses but it's going to take that building three to five years to get redeveloped I mean it's a massive from what I saw a massive undertaking right it's going right down to the studs and then some, re, totally rebuilding that whole center section, you know. Um, so, so that would be starting in the winter time. Uh, I, I, great question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the contractor. I'm just the communicator. I'm just no, curious. no, no. That's I mean, all. it's 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 a it's a great question. Well, I wish you guys so, so much success, and I and I hope that uh, you will get the help that you need. Again, you're not asking for a handout. You're asking for some assistance and help. And Find uh, us the right locations. Yeah. Find us, you know. I mean, there's smart people that are in real estate should, that, could, that should be able to thread this needle. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. I guess. Well, for for Oscar time, we are going to relocate. You, you're, you're, uh, but you're it's close. not going to be downtown. Yeah, we're not going to be downtown, and um, all I just wish that um, I want I want to say thank you to all the supporter to continue to support us. Um, please follow us wherever we are we go. And and to make it clear, you're not closed yet. You, no. the food the food gets served tonight the food we are going to <laughs> we are going to continue to make drunken noodles until the end In, um, stay tuned as far as the day uh, we are going to close we're not we're, we're gonna stay again we're, we're gonna continue to cook until the last day and, <laughs> and, and, yes. the and last please day. please continue to support us at our new location 
It, um, we will let everybody know our new location. Um, right now, like I said, it's being working on, and we'll, we will let everyone know. Darren, last last word. Well, I appreciate all the support that we've gotten from the public as well. Um, we'll keep them updated where we move to. Please keep us updated, too. <laughs> Absolutely. We hope, we hope to have you back. And I hope the city of Uri would pass that, and we would actually perspire and... Yeah. Absolutely. Make it and develop it because that's our hometown. Yes, and we love Erie. We, we as a resident that were raised here, moved here, um, that's our home. 